Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The name Vladimir is so legendary in that part of the country that the guy that founded Kiev, which is the natural original capital of Russia, was named Vladimir. Putin is named Vladimir. And the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, is named Vladimir. Or variations thereof, yeah. Or variations thereof. Um, And he spoke to the European Parliament, to the European Union Parliament today, and we're going to play you some of that coming up, obviously through a translator, because I don't think Zelensky speaks English. Um, What's the latest? So there's this convoy headed from Russia to the capital of Ukraine, Kiev, and it's deep into Ukraine at this point and only 17 miles from the capital. It's 40 miles long. Maybe you've seen the videos of trucks and tanks and weapons and soldiers, and they're headed there to murder civilians. That's what they're there to do. Absolutely true. And they're going to do it, and they're uh, they're only 17 miles from the capital. It's a 40-mile-long convoy. They only traveled three miles yesterday. They're traveling really slow, combination of poor logistics on the part of the Russians and a good job on the part of the Ukrainians of slowing them down. You know, uh, with 17 miles to go at that rate, it could take another five days for them to get to town. Um Maybe that's enough time to get the right weapons into their hands? I don't know. Well, they that convoy is the biggest sitting duck in the history of, of military operations. It's just the fact that the world is standing by saying, look at that big convoy there to slaughter all those civilians. That's shame, isn't it? I mean, we need to push back hard, we being the free world. Uh, but will it be hard enough or fast enough? I mean, because if the great victory is won by our super-duper sanctions and our nasty weapons that we get to the Ukrainians next week after two million have died, I mean, that's not a victory. And Zelensky's dead. Right. Right. No, that's not much of a victory. Um, So Zelensky himself, still in the position of wondering if he's going to live through the day every day, that's got to be quite the stressful deal, as you know. The reports were over the weekend, anyway, that there are plainclothes Russian forces in the capital looking for him, trying to find him. Right. I think at this point um, that Putin killing him would be a bad move for Putin. I think you've done more harm than good. I mean, just to be coldly rational about it, aside from the fact that he's a guy in his early 40, 40s with a wife and several kids, um, just... From a rational or just from a strategic standpoint, I think you galvanize the resistance in a way you can't even imagine if you kill Zelensky. Well, I think Putin is truly damned if he doesn't, damned if if he doesn't, because of Zelensky's incredibly brave uh, leadership. So we have um, some clips of him that we wanted you to hear, um, including you'll notice uh, yet another interpreter has a little trouble getting through. Um, they're interpreting because of how much all of this means to their people. But let's clip. Uh, start with 20, Michael, and we'll stop and chat. This is called the Freedom Square. Can you imagine this morning two cruise missiles hit this Freedom Square? Dozens of killed ones. This is the price of freedom. 
we are fighting just for our land and for our freedom despite the fact that all large cities of our country are now blocked nobody is going to enter and intervene with our freedom and country and believe you me every square of today no matter what it's called it's going to be called as today freedom square in every city of our country nobody's going to break us we're strong we're ukrainians why don't we roll on we have a desire to see our children alive I think it's a fair one. Yesterday, 16 children were killed. Again and again, President Putin is going to say that is some kind of operation and we are hitting a military infrastructure. Where are our children? What kind of military factories do they work at? What tanks are they going with or launching cruise missiles? He killed 16 people just yesterday. Go ahead. Our people are very much motivated, very much so. We are fighting for our rights, for our freedoms, for life, for our life. And now we're boring for we're fighting for survival. And this is the highest of our motivation. But we are fighting also to be equal members of Europe. I believe that Today, we are showing everybody that's exactly what we are. The European Union is going to be much stronger with us, that's for sure. Without you, Ukraine is going to be lonely, lonesome. We have proven our strength. We have proven that, as at a minimum, we are exactly the same as you are. So do prove that you are with us. Do prove that you will not let us go. Do prove that you indeed are Europeans. And then life will win over death and light will win over darkness. Glory be to Ukraine. This question of a no-fly zone that keeps getting thrown around uh, with people needing to recognize that establishing a no-fly zone means immediately you're in the position of having to shoot a Russian plane out of the sky, so you're full-on engaging the Russians, obviously. Well, and almost always you're taking out anti-aircraft batteries, both in Ukraine, and if you're actually going to enforce it, you have to take out anti-aircraft batteries based just over the border in Russia. But I just wonder where public opinion is going to be on this. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and they were making the point of, because um, I mentioned polling earlier, 80% of people are following this story very closely, and over 60% of Americans, and it's almost exactly the same number for Republicans and Democrats, say we need to do more. Um, uh, although the percentages of, when you ask the question about U.S. troops and that sort of thing, those percentages are very, very low. They're like in the 20s. But my point was going to be... Um, I believe it was 2013 they were referencing. We hit kind of a height of uh, non-interventionist mood in this country. 
Rand Paul was on the cover of some magazine and seen as kind of the 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 new the new Republican that let's stay out of all these foreign wars and that sort of thing. And then ISIS grabbed two Americans and sawed off their heads. And almost immediately, the polls completely flipped on whether or not Americans should get involved in fighting ISIS. You know, our mood on these things can change really fast. And I just wonder if we start seeing people of Ukraine obliterated, and we're seeing it on our TV. I was watching live yesterday. It's amazing. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday on the show. I'm just mentioning it here, so joking here. Is uh, uh, one journalist saying, we see more in a 24-hour period of this war than we saw out of the Iraq war that he covered in weeks just because technology has changed that much. Mm. I'm, I'm turning on CNN yesterday, and there's a guy, this is live. There's a reporter walking along the road, that convoy that's coming into town, and the Ukrainians had blown up a whole bunch of vehicles there. And there were dead Russians on the road. I think we've got that clip. Dead Russians on the road, and the uh, the reporter got upset and everything like that. But I'm watching this live, and I'm thinking, this is just incredible. This just happened moments ago. I'm watching the reporter live standing there. So when we see live reports of people dead, Ukrainians all over the place, men, women, and children, the Russians slaughtering them, I just wonder if world opinion could move pretty quickly on the whole, we better not engage Vladimir Putin. Well, here's what I would say to the world, and, and this is not a suggestion of American troops being in Ukraine fighting the Russians or anything like that. There are so many measures we can take short of that, all right? So don't try to knock down the straw man of sending troops in Tucker. Anyway, um, I would say this to the world. So if after you saw Ukrainians slaughtered by the thousand, after you saw bunches of dead little children on the TV with their dead little faces blurred because we don't want to upset anybody, if you would turn every screw that's possible, then turn the screws now. Because those scenes are 100% inevitable. That's the difference between leadership and then going in when, when there's absolutely no danger of anybody suggesting you're doing the wrong thing. And that is, that, that is a particular sort of cowardice. Doing the quote unquote brave thing only when everybody's with you. Now that's the point Zelensky was making for this whole thing started. Look, if you're gonna, Unleash these sanctions when they attack, they're going to attack. Your intelligence is telling me they're going to attack. Right. Then why not do it now? Which is a very good question. Hey, we've got to squeeze in a quick uh, mention of our beloved sponsor, Simply Safe, some, Simply Safe Home Security. Have you ever wanted to know what's happening at home when you're not there? Well, we're big fans, and you will be too, of the new wireless outdoor camera from Simply Safe. Let you know what's happening outside your door, right from your phone. No matter where you are, alert you when anyone approaches so you always know who's there and what's up. You know, somebody uh, spray-painted on the front of my house. Remember I told that story months ago. Yep. Uh, it's a rental I'm in. I wish I'd have had Simply Safe at that time or I'd have been able to see exactly who it is, turn it over to the cops, that sort of thing. Simply Safe has everything you need to keep your home safe, and you set it up yourself in around 30 minutes. Costs less than a dollar a day. No long-term contracts or commitments. You got a junkie camp near your house? Get in touch with Simply Safe today, would you please? It's the perfect system for your home, customizable in minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off the interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. 
Got more on the State of the Union address if you want to hear it, but uh, the, you probably don't. Um, yeah, maybe next segment we can hear some of that. Uh, we need to take a break anyway. But uh, the so the European Union is giving weapons and ammunition to somebody for the first time ever with Ukraine. It's one of the many things that have happened in the last several days that were unimaginable a week ago that are happening now. Just, I mean, just incredible. Uh, and it's what I was talking about, how opinions can move when you've got videos and leadership and all that sort of stuff. And I wonder if it can move even further. Anyway, uh, we'll hear what Joe Biden's going to tell us tonight at the State of the Union. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I got to admit, I got some concern that I got the COVID again. Really? My son was sick, missed a couple of days of school with COVID-like symptoms, which, of course, are, are also everything else-like symptoms. And uh, I spent the night sweaty and breathing hard. And Oh, boy. I passed COVID tests, but those things are practically worthless, so they almost don't do you no good. Oh, the cheapy home ones? Yeah. yeah. Flip a coin. If it comes up tails, you got COVID. Right. So coming up, a little, not a preview exactly of the State of the Union address, because the State of the Union address is stupid, and it's a waste of time. But as an indication of whether uh, the ancient president can read the room or not, I think it's kind of telling. Plus, we have more on Ukraine, uh, some new developments, and some really interesting perspectives for you uh, coming up. Comedian John Mulaney was the host of Saturday Night Live and was hilarious over the weekend, but they did a sketch about COVID stuff that was both funny and I think newsworthy or noteworthy at least in some of the shifting views in America about all this crap that we've done the last two years. Um, here's the premise, more or less, is you've got three couples out to eat at a restaurant eating dinner one of them brings up COVID, and they, it quickly becomes clear that they're all uncomfortable with saying things they all now know to be true or wonder about ah. around COVID, and here's a little of it. Guys, guys, this is supposed to be fun. Isn't there something happy we can talk about? No, no, we started this, and we need to finish it. David, go make sense of this, please. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I think the biggest mistake the administration made was not providing more testing. But the U.K. had done tons of testing and had even more COVID. Good. At least Biden finally sent out all those tests over Christmas. You mean the two tests for a family of eight that froze in the mail? Okay, well, at least we have the CDC. I mean, they haven't always been perfect, but the science changed. How does science change? When I make a mistake at work, I don't get to say the science changed. At least we had outdoor dining. Oh, you mean when they built a smaller restaurant in the street? How is that outdoors? <laughs> oh, my God. Look, I went to a child's birthday party, self-careful, and they did gymnastics in masks. Don't. And then they went into another room and took off their masks to eat pizza. This is the end of me. So did they really need the mask? Oh, no. Did any of us ever... Need the mask. No! 
and then a bunch of pictures of horror. I thought that was pretty noteworthy out of a New York-centered show. That was remarkably honest. Yeah. Did we ever need the masks? Mm. Well, we at least we ate outside. You mean the... <laughs> They built those restaurants outside on the street. There were basically smaller like restaurants on the street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yes, and that's that's where we are now. Where are we going to be a year from now when we have you know clearer heads? Trump is in the distance rearview mirror, and uh, and and more science showing that it was all a waste. Well, feel free to write your emails. Here's a uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Here's your essay question. Keep them uh, tight. I can find you comedy sketches from a year ago mocking the stupidity, the inexplicable ridiculousness of putting on a mask to walk to your table than taking it off. A year ago, those comedy sketches were happening, and yet that is still happening in a lot of blue states. What does that mean? Sure. I did Even Saturday Night. Night Live openly mocking it. You right. still have six-year-old kids wearing useless cloth masks in California, for instance. What does that mean? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. President Zelensky of Ukraine received a standing ovation this morning as he uh, asked for more help from the European Parliament. More on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's been since the Iraq War, the last time that I had memorized a time zone on the other side of the world when my brother was over there. I've done that again with uh, Ukraine, where I just constantly remember that if I subtract two hours and flip the AM, PM, so uh, as I speak, it is 6.35 in the evening in Kiev. And this is what happened Tuesday afternoon, according to the Wall Street Journal. Russia's defense ministry warned that it would strike Ukrainian intelligence and communications facilities in central Kiev and urged residents living near those facilities to leave. Western diplomats took the warning as a signal that a strike on Kiev's residential areas was imminent. Wow. They're going to start bombing regular people's homes like they did in Syria, like they did in Chechnya, like they did in Crimea, and they won all those wars. It's predictable to the point of being inevitable. If you're going to lay the wood to Vlad Putin after he slaughters the innocents, do it now. Do it now. Make it clear the resolve of the, the free world and and get those bastards every armament that we can as fast as we can bar practically none you know what i don't have any time for is there any point in anybody making noises about him being isolated on the world stage and judged by history and all that crap no. who's that for no you're in the fist fight now D- don't don't start talking about this is a nice place. We shouldn't. No, you're already in the fight. I don't want to hear any words that aren't leverage. If you want to say things about 
this is what we're doing to your economy. This is what else we're going to do to your economy. This is what it's going to look like. You know, something that's leverage or or weapons, like all the announcements coming out of all the different countries yesterday. But any of this talk of, you know, you're you're being continually isolated on the world stage and becoming a pariah. Do you actually think that has any effect on him? He doesn't even hear those words. Of course no. he doesn't. No, indeed. So a couple of developments worth noting in the last 24 hours or so, but they are, they're much, much more than news headlines. They're an indication, I think, of a, a, a great, and I'm, I mean that word in the classic sense, a great and growing awareness that this is a pivotal moment in world history, certainly in the history of the last couple of centuries. So, the sanctions against Russia are pretty damn significant. There is another level, and and I think we ought to go there. Um, their stock market is now closed for days. The value of the ruble has plunged. And one day after Germany reversed its longstanding policy, I mean, since like World War II, against sending weapons into war zones, uh, they delivered a 1,000 anti-tank weapons, 500 Stinger anti-aircraft missiles to Ukraine, and the German chancellor, the new guy, Olaf Scholz, announced that they would substantially boost their own defense spending and and making sure they were a full-on enthusiastic partner of NATO. No more foot dragging. And by the way, lefty media, Donald Trump dragged them three-quarters of the way there for all of his True. faults. So. True that. Um, but on Friday, Mike Lyons said, why is Germany even in NATO? We should kick him out. And I thought, man, that's something. But they weren't doing anything. They weren't offering anything. They're by far, by the way, the biggest economy in Europe. Far and away, they are the big dog. And the fact that they weren't willing to you know, participate was you know, pretty hurtful. Um, but now they're committing more money than they have since World War II to their own defense. And uh, that's a big deal. Right. It's almost as if they heard Mike Lyons. He called him out as a wuss and a coward, and, and they step up, uh, stepped up significantly since the Russian economy is so weighted toward oil, toward energy production and energy sales. Uh, significantly, Schultz, the German, also told lawmakers Germany, quote, must overcome its dependence on energy imports by building more liquefied national, natural gas terminals. Um, an economic minister did not rule out extending the life of some of those nuclear power plants that they were going to close in favor of becoming dependent on Russian natural gas, which made me insane at the time. So I hope they're going in the other direction. Switzerland, folks, land of the Swiss bank account. Land of neutrality decided on Monday to join the European Union in penalizing Russia, closed its airspace to Russian aircraft, imposed sanctions directly on Putin and several of his gang of terrorists. South Korea's Foreign Affairs Office announced Monday it would join the West in excluding Russian banks from the vaunted SWIFT system and supported blocking uh, all sorts of imports and that sort of thing. Um, it's, it's really, really notable if you don't follow this sort of stuff. Some of those moves are, I mean, like Germany saying, yeah, we're going to export weapons to a war zone. They haven't done that since World War II ended. I mean, this is an enormous change. Well, as recently as Friday, they wouldn't even let countries that they sold arms to give them to Ukraine. They were forbidding that because they had the contractual right to do that. And now they're they themselves are going to give it. So that that is that is absolutely unbelievable. And I know this sounds dumb at the end, but I hope it indicates something. 
your your two major international soccer federations and the International Olympic Committee, who kowtowed to Putin and Sosha, Sochi and licked the boot heels of, of Xi Jinping in Beijing, said, you know what? I don't think anybody ought to allow a Russian or Belarusian athletes to participate in any of your competitions. We suggest you don't. Yeah, I think that is um, a reaction to the Olympics. I think the world reaction to the Olympics in Beijing was, why are we doing this? What is yeah. wrong with us? And now we have a chance to, uh, you know, display that feeling. Right, indeed. And you make a good point. They're calculating bastards, and they realized they'd gone with the wrong side. Oh, by the way, one final development. Green Day has canceled its concert in Moscow. No good so, Russian Green Day fans listening, I have terrible news for you, but you can get refunds, refunds at the point of purchase. Unfortunately, your rubles are worth like a third of what they were when you spent them on the tickets. But eh, easy come, easy go. You can't get your refund there. I've I've seen so many journalists reporting how the hotel they're in has demanded a payment immediately because they don't know when the machines are going to go down and they won't be able to collect any of their uh, room rates. And uh, I was watching one reporter on CNN yesterday saying uh, he went down to, he tried to um, uh, swipe to park his car, and his card didn't work anymore. And then he tried to do Apple Pay to pay for a meal, and that didn't work anymore. All that stuff's getting shut down in Russia. And that will make people really unhappy really fast. I wonder if we've seen uh, merely the tip of the iceberg in terms of unrest in Russia. Sure. Oh, yeah. If you can't buy anything... How long is it going to take you before you're in the streets protesting that? Yeah, boy, I wish I had a crystal ball or what have you to be able to see, you know, even, hell, three days into the future. I the have problem a feeling is, what I saw would be very troubling, but go on. Yeah, the, yeah the, the problem is you might have a whole bunch of Ukrainians who die in the next 24 hours before any of that stuff has a chance to take any effect. Right, right. Well, I think the, honestly, and this is so sad, the best case is that the more likely case still is a week goes by and innumerable people die. Innocent people living life just like yours with the same hopes and dreams, they will die. And then the world will chuckle and say, okay, (laughs) I suppose we ought to do the right thing now. Look at all those dead people. I just wish there was bold, principled leadership in Washington, D.C., for instance, that would make the move preemptively when putin thrusts may he find steel and not soft belly i like the fact that the anonymous hacking group and other hackers have been going after russia so hard and who knows that might be playing a role in some of their logistical problems and trying to get uh, gas and ammunition and everything uh is that the, i all certainly their, their computers hope so. are working yeah that's fantastic yeah. that the, the best hackers in the world have turned their turned their hate toward russia yeah, I wish there was more I could do, honestly. I think there are a lot of folks listening who just, you know, go fund me. Although, go fund me. Go to hell, go fund me. I've been reading lately about how they, you know, choked off the, the poor Canadian truckers, but various uh, BLM-tied murderers are still getting all the contributions they can get, or, or I'm sorry, would-be assassins, but not to get off on that tangent. Um, so, well, but, I had a, we had a great email yesterday about how President Trudeau of Canada went into hiding because truckers were honking their horns out on the bridge, whereas right. Zelensky's out in the streets in camo fighting. 
Right. Nice, that's a nice look, Trudeau. Way to go into hiding because truckers are honking their horns. Yeah, way to go, Prime Minister hair model. That's a bit of a, a contrast there, isn't it, you little wuss? Wow. Is this... You know me. I'm Mr. All right, with the sweeping pronouncements in the middle of stuff. This is the end of irony. There may never be humor again. You know, after 9-11, even at the time, I thought... What's the matter with you people? You did you, you, you know <laughs> nervous Nellies with clutching your pearls and making these stupid uh, you know pronouncements. Having said that, does this not feel like a serious pivot in geopolitical relations? Absolutely, it absolutely is. And this is going to have a huge effect on China's view of uh, their pushes toward taking over the world. Oh, I guess the free world still uh, still has a say in how things turn out. Is that the same China with a brand new twenty five hundred page treaty with Russia, and uh, and Russia is expecting the Chinese to keep them afloat during yeah. this difficult time? Same China. Right. I mean, oh. what what does that mean to the potential cleavage of the world into two camps? Is it just going to speed the hell out of it? Uh, Xi Jinping is is no faker. He's a communist. He believes what he's saying. So I don't see him pivoting and, and coming to the uh, NATO and saying, you know what, that whole, you know, we'll, we'll stomp you out and we'll get control of the world. I feel terrible about that. I was in a mood. I'm sorry. Let's go back to the old days and have it's not going to happen. So speaking of cleavage, knows? did you see Miss Ukraine was out there with an AK-47 ready to fight? I, I read about that. Yeah. So you got God the guy who won Dancing with the Stars as the president uh, and doing a hell of a job. I, I'm not being dismissive of about that, but that is inter- it's an interesting career path. You, you watch that Dancing with the Stars video, and he was really good. Um, and then you look at the videos of him now. That, that's, that is one interesting career path. And then Miss uh-huh. Ukraine out there with an AK-47 ready to fight for her country. Good for her. Hanson and I were talking yesterday. How about if Putin fell out of a window all of a sudden? That'd be something, huh? Ooh, Bunch of he won't let anybody like ne- <laughs> He won't let anybody near enough. You look yeah. at they show footage of cabinet meetings. He's sitting at the end of the longest table I've ever seen in my life, and he's got half a dozen guys at the other end. They've got to be, I don't know, on the phone or something. I mean, because they can't, <laughs> they can't be shouting back and forth. Maybe they're texting. I don't know. Igor, what do you think about the plan to uh, invade Ukraine? Dot dot dot. <laughs> and he answers, uh, whatever you think, Mr. Dictator, sir, dot, dot, right. dot. Where do you even get a table that long? Where do you shop for that? I don't know. I, I'd I, like to eat with more people that way, where they're way down there. <laughs> this yeah, Siberian house of extra long furniture? I don't know. <laughs> do you order it? I, it helped my Thanksgiving, guess. that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're How right. You doing, Uncle so, John? I don't actually care. <laughs> I wonder if we'll ever find out that the, the whole Putin thing was COVID. COVID drove him crazy. He just—he's one of those people that his reaction to COVID was to go into you know hysterics. Oh, you know, one final thought on that because we talked about this at length, and we could probably replay some of the clips. Are so interesting. One thing that we, I think, humanity or at least the United States has lost its sense of is some people are evil. You don't call them crazy. Don't call them corrupt. They're evil. They are predators. They don't care about morality. They don't care about the, the, the social compact or the brotherhood of man. They're evil. Treat them as such. And they think that those of you who do care about those things are silly and weak. And weak. Exactly. And they're happy to take advantage of you. More on the way. Stay here.
Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We have some breaking news from Ukraine coming up in just a moment or two. Thought you might uh, find this exchange moving, gratifying, and interesting. It is a Ukrainian reporter by the name of Daria Kaleniuk uh, questioning Prime Minister uh, Boris Johnson of Great Britain. Britain guaranteed our security under Budapest Memorandum. So you're coming to Poland. You're not coming to Kiev, Prime Minister. You're not coming to Lviv because you're afraid, because NATO is not willing to defend because NATO is afraid of the World War III, but it is already started. And these are Ukrainian children who are there taking the hit. You're talking about more sanctions, Prime Minister, but Roman Abramovich is not sanctioned. He's in London. His children are not in the bombardments. His children are there in London. Putin's children are in Netherlands, in Germany, in mansions. Where are all these mansions seized? I don't see that. I see that by family members. And my team members are saying that we are crying. You don't care what to rob. <laughs> this is what is happening, Prime Minister. As I said to Volodymyr Zelensky, I think a couple of times, unfortunately, the implication of that is that the UK will be engaged in shooting down Russian planes, will be engaged in direct combat uh, with Russia. That's not something uh, that uh, we can do or that we've, uh, that we've envisaged. And I think the consequences of that would be uh, truly very, very difficult to, uh, to control. We, we lost a key part of that exchange. Uh, she asks about a no-fly zone since children are dying now. Um, why not a no-fly zone? He said, I've got to be honest about that. When you talk about the no-fly zone, as I've said to the president, I think a couple of times, unfortunately, the, the implication is that the U.K. would be engaged in shooting down Russian planes, would be engaged in direct combat with Russia, and that's not something we can do. I think the consequences of that would be truly very, very difficult to control. Oh, and then finally, I think that Vladimir Putin's venture is doomed to fail. I think that it will be extremely difficult to continue on the path that he is on. But in the meantime, as you rightly say, there's going to be a period of suffering for the people of Ukraine for which mm. Putin and Putin alone is responsible. Suffering is a watered down word. I'd uh, say. Man, I don't know where I am on this. Uh, honestly, I don't know where I am on this. So the guy who's willing to threaten nuclear war gets to slaughter men, women, and children because we're afraid he'd actually do it. Well, like the Minister of Defense of France the other day, his response to Putin's warning over the weekend was, hey, we got nuclear weapons, too. Why isn't that the way the world looks looks at it? Yeah, we got more than you got. So you want to go there? You I realize wanna, you blow up you half wanna the planet. Escalate. You want to escalate. Do we need to de-escalate? Let's not be I provocative. Wish, I wish Christopher Hitchens were still alive. He was a... a a lefty, but he lost all his friends because he it, toward the end because he was in favor of the war in Iraq. He was an Orwell freak, and the Orwell mantra axiom was: you always oppose totalitarianism. Totalitarianism in the world, you just have to. You have to always oppose it as strong as you can. And um, I don't know. 
I don't. I actually, I actually don't know. So here's a couple of things that are happening right now. I'm looking at this video, which again, the technology that this modern war is, uh, we're, we're living it through, is amazing. Here's video from a residential-looking neighborhood in Kiev, reduced to rubble. It says here from this journalist, Russian Ministry of Defense still insists they're not targeting civilians. It looks like any apartment complex you've ever seen, and it is just rocks and playground equipment and rubble and fire right now. Um, we also have this. Oh, my screen shifted. Um, it looks like Russian forces have fired on a, the Kiev TV tower, a more than 1,200-foot-high structure used for broadcasting, according to the Ukrainian Ministry of Internal Affairs. Mayor Klitschko, the former heavyweight boxer, says a preliminary report indicates it was damaged by two missiles. So the why haven't they taken out the communications, why haven't they taken the TVs off the air yet, well, it looks like they're working on it. Michael Schellenberger, who we know from his uh, writing about San Francisco, among other things, is, is on this case, too, and he's written some interesting stuff. Why did the West fail to deter Russia from invading Ukraine? Because we were lost in soft, renewable energy delusions while Putin was grounded in the hard physical reality of nuclear, oil, and natural gas. He goes on that the Europeans are now uh, dependent on the monster. Although, again, Germany has made some shockingly brave moves uh, towards saying, screw you, Russia will come up with a different plan. This could be a bad, bad couple of days for Ukraine. Uh Man, if you miss an hour of the show, grab it on the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.